Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Be now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bulls, one ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. Then they slaughtered a bull, and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here, praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition which I asked of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord as long as he lives. He shall be lent to the Lord. So they worshiped the Lord there. It said he was young. The Bible wants you to understand the level of commitment to honoring the vow that Elkanah and Hannah had. He was young. And there he goes. Some of you have a hard time crying just when your kid gets on the school bus for the first time. But you know he's coming back that afternoon. Very difficult moment, possibly. But she kept her word. She didn't go back on her vow to satisfy her own desires like probably most people would have done. Elkanah and Hannah, they knew that blessing is in obedience. Blessing is in obedience. That's something for us all to remember, that blessing is in obedience. Most people, they don't find God worth obeying. Have you noticed that? I'm a Christian, but they don't pray. They don't study God's word. They don't hear it, so they can't be building their faith. They don't assemble in the body of believers like the word of God says to do. They don't obey the Lord. They just don't. They don't find him worth obeying, but they all want the blessing. Oh, Lord, bless me while I sit here and do absolutely nothing that you tell me to do. That's America, most of it. Blessing is in obedience. Maybe you're thinking, well, there's no way I would give up my child like she did. The very reason she got the child in the first place was because God knew that she would release him to service. He knew she would obey. Now, after having Samuel, Hannah never again ever had to say that she was childless. I think that's the good thing that she still gets to keep. She never again has to say that she's childless. The Lord removed her shame. He took away the insult. He removed the provocation of that wicked woman jumping on her all the time, he gave Hannah a sense of purpose. Do you see what he did for her? Oh, I got to let my son go. But look what she got. And she got to keep. She, she has been restored. She's been restored. We serve a God of restoration. Did you know that? He's not just some distant guy off out there. I'll see you when you get to heaven. He's working now. He's working in our lives and, and he restores us in our troubles. So let's review the chapter for our own application here. Let's see what we, what we just saw. Let's review the chapter real quick. The book starts off with Hannah being positioned into an impossible situation. Ever been there? I know you have. 
That's a given. You've been in impossible situations. Not only is she barren, but to make matters worse, an abrasively wicked woman is constantly making her miserable while her own husband fuels the problem by letting her stay around. Everybody around her is giving her grief. This seems like an impossible situation. Now, consider your own impossible situation. You feel like you're the only one, and everybody's out to get you. Matthew 19, 26, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. We just saw that happen in this first chapter. Whenever you find yourself faced with an impossible situation, remember that God is using that seemingly impossible situation to refine you, to change you, to purge out the impurities of doubt, to refine you, to get you to the point of asking with absolutely certain faith that nothing is too hard for him. That's what Hannah did. God, I'd like to request a son. Nothing is too hard for you. And that's why she wasn't sad anymore, because she believed it. Some people stay down in the dumps, even though they pray. They're praying about a situation. They want to tell everybody, I believe God can do it, but they stay moping all the time. But do they pray in faith like the faith Hannah had? Hannah's prayer was so faithful that it actually shut off her sadness. Have you ever had prayer actually cut your sadness off? It should. (laughs) It should. She really believed that God could do something for her. You know, when you continue to look for ways to fix your own problems, and we guys are the worst at that. I'll speak for the men. We're fixers. I see something broke. I'm going to fix it. Oh, we got to fix that. And we get so mindset like that, we think we can fix everything. And we try to fix everything, even the things we can't fix. But when you get into that that pattern of trying to fix everything yourself, you're not trusting in God anymore. You're trusting in you. But once you find yourself totally stripped of every possible angle, like Hannah was, that'll make a person cry out to God for real. That's sometimes what it takes for some of us. We have to be brought down to nothing before we'll really hand it to God. When you find no way to fix your mess, then that leaves all the glory to being God's alone, just his, because he's not going to share his glory with anybody. And sometimes God takes things away because we're the hard heads here. We're the sinners. We think we can do it on our own. And the harder the head is, the harder the humbling is going to be. I have a whole testimony on that if you ever want to ask me sometime. The harder the head the harder the humbling is going to be for God to make you get down. You know what? It's better to just bow that knee on your own and avoid all that pain. Right now is a good time to get right with Jesus. It'll save you a headache. Hannah had to go through a lot of pain, but that did not bring her to shaking her fist in hatred at God. She woke up. She became awake and she started to see, and that's when she put her trust in God. Isaiah 40 and 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Did you see Hannah's strength get renewed? I did, because she suddenly wasn't sad anymore. They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. She went away not sad, and she got accused of being drunk, and she stood up for herself. She got strength all of a sudden, and her countenance lifted up. A lot of us need that. 
Guys, do you need this kind of strength and this kind of restoration? I know you do. Now, as we read, now here's where it gets neat. As we read, Panina was jealous of Hannah. She could not get what Hannah had been given, and so it infuriated her so bad that it drove her to constantly attack Hannah, all because Hannah had what she wanted. She wanted all that that Hannah was getting. She wanted, and it made her mad, and she attacked her. You ever wonder why Satan attacks you so much? You ever think about that? If you read Isaiah 14, it says that Satan, at the time named Lucifer, Lucifer wanted to take over heaven. He wanted the kingdom. He wanted all that. And Isaiah says that God cut him down for it, down to the lowest depths of the grave. God threw him out. But as a believer in Jesus Christ, look what you get. Philippians 4.19, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You ever think about walking through the richest man in the world's house, like Bill Gates' house and the mansion and all the, all the incredible wealth they have? Hey, that looks like nothing compared to what God's got. And you have access to this, his riches. Forget Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos. You've got access to the riches, the wealth of God. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this, after all I've said, but God is rich. (laughs) He's very rich. And Lucifer wanted all that glory and all that riches for himself, but he is never going to get it. However, those of you who believe in Jesus Christ, you are given free access to all of this, to all the vast riches, and you are welcome to experience the glory of God in your lives. And for that, Satan hates you because you get what he wants, but he will never have. He hates you for being freely given what he could never take by force. And this infuriates him so bad. He is so jealous that he's going to attack you for it. So what should you do about this when he does? When Satan attacks you for being a believer, what should you do? Get all upset and rant and go crazy about how impossible the situation looks? No, do what Hannah did. Take advantage of all these riches and glory in Christ Jesus that you have access to and cash in and tap that access and pray it and pray on it hard, just like Hannah did. John 14, 13. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. I want you to notice how it does not say that you may be glorified. It doesn't say that. Who does it say? It says that the Father may be glorified. This means if you pray to God to give you things to make you look good, you are not asking in Jesus' name, you're asking in your name. God will not answer a prayer like that. Did you notice how Hannah's prayer was selfless and sacrificial? She was willing to give it all up, didn't she? That is how you ask in his name. Oh, Lord, please make me rich so I can have a good life for myself. No, that's asking in your name. We need to learn how to pray like Hannah did because her prayer was not all about her. It was ultimately ultimately about glorifying God. This name it, claim it business going on out there. P. 
people incite the name of Jesus in an unlawful manner so that they can glorify themselves. Asking in Jesus' name means that your request must have the intention of glorifying God at your expense. Guys, we're to be living sacrifices. That means what you get is your expense. You've been given salvation for free. Now the sacrificial work is supposed to expense from you to glorify God. The best example I can give of this is when Jesus prayed while sweating blood in agony in the Garden of Gethsemane. What did he say? He said, Father, not my will, but yours. Did he not? Was he suffering? Yes. Was it an impossible situation? No. But he was going to go to the cross. Friends, you may be in a pressurized situation, but it is going to require some expense, some sacrifice out of us. Jesus did not pray like this. He did not say, Father, do whatever it takes to get me out of this crucifixion. He said the Father's will was the top priority, and that's how our prayers should be as well. God, this is costing me right now. It is taking everything out of me. But your will be done, not mine. Your glory, not mine. I'll get my reward in heaven soon enough. Hannah's prayer for Samuel was selfless because it was in line with prophecy. Because Samuel's service is going to be instrumental in establishing the Davidic line of kings through which King Jesus, Messiah Jesus, will reign. That became a benefit to all of us. We all got saved out of part of from what Hannah gave up. You ever figure that maybe some of what you give up may result in somebody else's salvation at some point? It's good to know. Don't you want to pray like Hannah did? I do. Let me ask you a question, though. Are your prayers always about your glory or about God's glory? That's as simple as I can put it. That's as black and white as I can make it. Is it your glory or is it God's glory? Do you ask for things because you want it for you? Or do you ask for things because you want it because you can use it in service to God? I'm telling you, my sin nature side of me did not want to quit my career to be a pastor because I was making a lot more money. (laughs) But did I ask based on what glorified me or him? I'm just using myself as my testimony here. Panina wanted to take what Hannah was given, and because she couldn't get it, Panina hatefully attacked Hannah. Satan wanted to take what you have been given. And because he can't get it, he's going to hatefully attack you to make you just as miserable as he is. Oh, getting deep in here, isn't it? And as long as Satan can use cultural influence to spiritually blind you into thinking that sin is acceptable, then you will become an enabler of your own misery. Even though you may think you're doing good things before the Lord, like just like Elkanah had done before he woke up, don't let Satan blind you. He wants you as miserable as he is. As long as your prayers are self-glorifying, then Satan will be successful in holding you down in the same rut he's stuck in, which is the rut of being restricted from the kingdom and denied having access to the Lord's riches and glory. God offers you all this for free through Jesus. Don't be Satan's cellmate. Don't get in the rut with him. Don't let him deceive you into thinking sin's okay when God's word says it isn't. Pray 
for God's glory, not yours. Hannah changed. She switched. She flipped somewhere in here, thank God. And it's time for you to change too, me as well. So how do you change your prayer? How do you change like Hannah did? How do we do that? Hebrews eleven six. Here it is. Without what? Tell me. Without faith. Somebody already knows it. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You know what diligently seeking looks like? It means I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. I am on it. You know what not diligently seeking is? It means like, eh, later, whenever, I don't, whatever. God knows I'm here. That's not diligently seeking. Hey, God, I got this problem. Will you fix it? Lord God, I know you'll deal with it. Okay, bye. I got my things to do. That's not diligently seeking. You got to come to him, believe that he is. Don't seek you. Seek him. Don't seek you. Seek him. Big difference. That's why Hannah was rewarded a son. Hannah had the prayer of faith, which glorified God and not herself. And to think that she had everything stacked against her, impossible. Everything was working against her. I want to ask you, if, you're, if you are experiencing sorrow, if you are experiencing impossibility, hopelessness, then today I'm asking you to make a decision to not bow down to those impossibilities any longer. But they're impossible. Stop bowing to those impossibilities. It's time to turn around. That's called repent and bow to the Lord Jesus Christ. Bow to him. Nehemiah 8 and 10 says, Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You come in here weak? You better go out powerful after hearing this. This is the word of God. (laughs) Don't sorrow. I got all that. Don't sorrow, he says. Well, God, you better give me something. He did. He gave you the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where your strength is at. I had this friend who had a severe bitterness problem in his, to the depth of his core. He was sad and he was totally defeated. He was done. That's it. I'm done. Forget it. Nobody cares. Nobody likes me. Everybody's against me. It's probably like where Hannah probably felt. So I asked him a question. I asked him a loving but a direct question. I asked him this. Since when did the joy of the Lord stop being your strength? When did the joy of the Lord stop being your strength? And boy, was he hit. The reason I asked him that is because somebody once asked me that. And I had to get myself accountable to answering it real quick. The only way your joy can be stolen from you is if you allow it to be taken away. If you let it go. God's word says here that you hold the decision on how it's going to be. Whether you're going to be happy or not. Hannah had this other woman constantly provoking her. She had a husband facilitating the, the trouble. Even the priest that accused her of being drunk. I mean, wow, everybody was against her at some point. But Hannah came to a decision. Today, I'm going to let the Lord deal with it. And friends, that's when the Lord finally moves. How come God's not doing anything? Well, where's your strength at? You're still sorrowing. It says, don't sorrow. Let the Lord have it. 
Hannah let the Lord have it. And it says she wasn't sad anymore because she found her strength in God. Remember James 5, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Oh, it's so powerful. And so, believer, I'm addressing believers now. I understand some people hearing me on the radio or the video, you may not be a believer and you're thinking about being one. I strongly encourage you to do so and accept Jesus as Lord of your life. But for the believer, let me ask you, what's it going to be? What's it going to be today? How's it going to go? I know the world is a mess right now, and but I also know that prophecy says that it's not going to get any better. We keep looking for it to get better. Well, the government's working. They'll make it better. Oh, the, the finances and the economy will, will recover. They'll figure it out. No, they won't. It's a Ponzi scheme. It's going to cave in on itself eventually. It's not going to get better. It's prophetic. Don't worry about it, but understand where it's headed. I'm just trying to tell you, right now is the time to get right with Jesus Christ. He's your only way out of this. He's the only way you got. He can restore you. He can rebuild you. He can lift your chin up. And he can give you the desires of your heart if you'll ask in his name, living sacrificially for his glory. Father, I thank you for today. Lord, I want to pray the gospel over anybody listening, Lord God. We all messed up. We blew it. We sinned. We deserve condemnation. That would be fair. But Lord, you look beyond fair because you loved us so much. You sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die in our place. You sent him in the likeness of sin in a flesh body so that the transference could go from me to him at the cross, leaving me free and clear, forgiven and headed for eternal life. But Lord, a lot of people don't know that. They think religion is just some traditional kind of thing. They've been listening to their culture too much, and they're confused. They want truth. They're not getting it. Lord God, if somebody's listening to me right now, if they, don't, if they forget everything I said today, let them remember this. Punch it in their heart, Lord God, that salvation is in Jesus Christ, and they need to get right with the Lord. Repent of the things that your word says is sin and give their life to Jesus and let him take over. Friend, if you're listening to me, you know that by now you can't fix your mess. You've tried everything you've got and it hasn't worked yet. Give it to Jesus and watch what happens. He will fix it. He will restore you. He will give you happiness and he will also guarantee you for eternal life. We thank you for it, Father. Lord, for the believers here today. Some are experiencing sadness. Some are experiencing defeat. But Lord, we are not like Satan. We have been offered things of your kingdom. We have been offered the things of your riches. Teach us, Lord God, how to cash in with our access through Jesus Christ by releasing our lives to Jesus. Lord Jesus, take over. Lord, I pray over everybody in the room, everybody hearing my voice, Lord Jesus, that they tell you today, they make the decision today, Lord, take over and present their requests in your name for your glory, and that they suddenly now can will no longer be sad as they find their strength in you. Thank you, Lord God, for the story with Hannah. What an encouragement to us. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.